www.mountaintheater.org. The brand new WERU Community Radio app has been launched. Now you can listen to WERU live and archive shows from your phone. This past year, WERU received a grant from the Maine Community Foundation to develop a WERU smartphone app to make community radio more accessible. The new app is available on both Apple and Android smartphones. Just search for WERU Community Radio in your app store. A very big thank you to the Maine Community Foundation for funding to develop the app. We hope you enjoy it. Totally. Support for WERU comes from our listeners and from the 1932 Criterion Theater in Bar Harbor, presenting Talisk on Friday, October 4th. Tickets and information at 288-0829 or CriterionTheater.org. Hi, my name is Scarlett Fugazi. Are you a fan of the station? Be sure to tune in on Fridays to Joel Raymond's On the Wing. That's every Friday, 11 to 2 at 89.9 or WERU.org. Support for WERU comes from our listeners and Ananda Yoga and Wellness in downtown Belfast, offering yoga and wellness through weekly yoga classes, workshops, private and group yoga sessions, as well as health services like therapeutic massage and Reiki. More about the studio at anandayogabelfastme.com or 207-218-7017. And it's just past 10 o'clock. This is Community Radio, WERU-FM, 89.9 Blue Hill, and streaming worldwide at WERU.org. Coming up next, Common Ground. Good morning, and welcome to Common Ground Radio, an hour-long discussion of local food and agriculture here in the state of Maine, brought to you by the Maine Organic Farmers and Gardeners Association. My name is C.J. Walk, and I am your host for today's show. Common Ground Radio is a monthly show airing on the first Friday of every month at 10 a.m. right here on WERU. So for today's show, we are talking about military veteran farmers in Maine, the farm businesses they've created while transitioning back into civilian life and some of the programs and services available to make that transition a success. According to data from the USDA's 2017 Agricultural Census for the state of Maine, over 1,500 farm producers have served in the military, and with over 13,000 farm producers counted in the census, that means about 11% or a little over 11% of farmers in Maine are military veterans. So we're going to discuss um, discuss services and programs available, as well as um, what is actually going on out there in the in the military veteran farm scene. So for today's show, I have four guests with me here in the studio, and uh, first guest I'll go through and introduce uh, each of the guests here. But I have Anne Devon, who is a retired U.S. Marine and farmer, as well as the farmer veteran coordinator for the Maine Agribility Program. And thanks for being here today. Thank you. And I have Richard Brzezowski, 
who is the Food Systems Program Administrator with the University of Maine Cooperative Extension and also Project Director for the Maine AgriAbility Program. So thanks for being here today. And then I have Sheila Foley, who is the Treasurer of the United Farmer Veterans of Maine and also runs a farm in Poland, correct? Yes, good morning. Thank you for being here, Sheila. And then I also have Bob Sousa, and Bob is the Vice President of the United Farmer Veterans of Maine uh, and lives in Frankfurt. So. Yes, thank you again for the opportunity to speak today. Certainly, certainly. I'm happy to, uh, to have you all here, and we have quite the full room, so that's, that's, uh, that's exciting. So <clears throat> just to let uh, any of our listeners know that we will be opening up the telephone at about 1030 for phone calls, uh, any comments and questions about what we're talking about today or any clarifying points, uh, additional info that you may want to share. So, um, but to start off this show, I'd like to kind of circle back around to our guests for the day and just give them a couple minutes to introduce themselves again and speak a little bit about the work um, that you do specific to uh, military veteran farmers here in the state of Maine. And I think, Dick, if I could start with you here on the left. Sure. So I'm Dick Brzezowski from University of Maine Cooperative Extension. Um, I'm a former county agent from Cumberland County, Maine, but now I oversee... um, all of Extension's programming related to food, so all agricultural production, all food and nutrition programming as well. <clears throat> and so I am also the project director for Maine Agribility, which mm-hmm. is an outreach to uh, farmers and farm workers, but also fishermen and, and uh, forest workers, anybody um, that has a, either a chronic illness or a disability or a, um, you know needs some help uh, physically or mentally uh, to accomplish the work they want, this uh, project is designed to help them Mm -hmm. uh, with information to connect them to the resources so they can continue to work and be productive. Okay. And is there a specific or a veteran-specific piece within Um, There is. We're finding that a lot of veterans returning to Maine um, are interested in farming or fishing or logging Mm -hmm. because it's an attractant uh, be an independent um, uh, worker or an independent um, business person. Mm-hmm. And so uh, we've noticed that, and uh, we hired Anne um, to sort of help with that outreach because it, it's sometimes difficult to um, identify and locate military veterans um, and to let them know that uh, there's um, resources there to help them get started or to maintain or to, to grow. Okay. Okay, and then I guess, Anne, if we could jump over to you and Devin um, and just give a little bit of an introduction about the work you do. Sure, I'm Anne Devin. Uh, my husband and I own Chase Stream Farm in Monroe, Maine. We are both retired Marines, so between the two of us, we've got about 50 years of active duty service. Uh, he was a helicopter pilot. I was an intelligence officer, neither of which had anything to do with farming. But when we were coming upon um, retiring, we knew that we wanted to do two things. One, we wanted to stay connected to the veteran community, and two, we really wanted to farm, and we didn't know what that was going to look like, but um, when we finally found our property here in the great state of Maine, um, found that there are so many amazing opportunities and things that that, um, do support veterans and beginning farmers especially. So uh, we kind of spent our first year really just getting our feet on the ground. We started an organic. We were able to get organically certified very quickly um, because of the previous owner had done the work as well. And um, when I met Dick and we started working with the United Farmer Veterans of Maine at the time, um, really started that the idea of about um, having farmers or having veterans 
go into agriculture, the the skills that we brought with that we bring with us from what we had learned in the military and how we're translating that into the agricultural and farming businesses has been really powerful. And um, then I, I met with Dick and um, my boss, Lonnie, and we started uh, talking about the agribility piece of it. And mm. when they hired me, um, I, I really found it was just going to be um, just some veteran outreach and getting people in that might possibly have disabilities. And I was really just thinking macro level of a loss of limb or, you know, mm-hmm. I knew PTSD was going to certainly be a part of it. But what we really found is very few loss of limb um, veterans that, that we've come in contact that are in any of the agricultural disciplines, but a lot of um, depression, traumatic brain injury, and, and, the, and the PTS, uh, which, has, which has kind of led us down this road of a lot of it is, is business development and um, you know, being trauma-informed and how to live in the day-to-day but still have a plan for the future is one of the things that we're really trying to work uh, with on, in, in my outreach with a lot of the veterans. So uh, I do a lot of help with, with working with grants and just getting folks connected to um, business mentors, you know, so that they can take their business skills to the next level. And I know later we're going to talk about a, a great program that we have coming up at the end of the month. Yeah, yeah, we'll definitely get into more of the programs and services available. And I will mention, since we've talked about the main uh, agribility program, that we did have a show um, it was back in July of 2018, where we focused on the whole main agribility show. So if listeners are interested in more information about that program program broadly, uh, that's available through the weru.org website um, to listen. And today we'll be speaking more specific to to military the, to the military veteran piece of it. So um, I just wanted to let listeners know that there's more information out there. Um, so I think next I would ask uh, Bob Sousa if you can give us just a little bit of information about, about your work with the United Farmer Veterans of Maine. Great. Thank you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I became involved with UFVM in uh, March of 2017. Uh, my whole focus is outreach. Mm-hmm. I don't grow anything. I cut down everything green with the zero turn when I do the grass <laughs> and get yelled at. But... I saw the need um, for, you know, that type of outreach right away. Our, our, uh, our veteran farmers have some real challenges. It's extremely hard for them to get all of the little things done that, you know, we take for granted as retired people because I have nothing but time. Uh, so, again, my focus has been reaching out to those veteran farmers and helping any way we can. We unfortunately went through a hard time in 2017 and 18. Chris Phillips and I have, since uh, July of last year, have focused on basically the outreach to rebuild the organization and get back the credibility we should have had before. Mm-hmm. You know, our, our, our mission statement is hands, a hand up, not a handout. Yeah. Uh, and fortunately, we've been able to do that. We started... By fulfilling a promise we had made and raised the money for in Troy last year, on September 11th, we we began construction of a small house for a Korean War vet. Mm-hmm. We started with absolutely nothing, uh, other than the promise of some rough cut framing lumber to frame the house. Uh, rallied the troops. We got a little bit of exposure with the public, and the next thing you know, we had donations coming in from everywhere. Mm-hmm. In a matter of 85 days, we managed to build a small house. 
and and moved Gene in on the 8th of December last year. Uh, that made me realize that we could, in fact, rebuild the organization and and do the things that most of us really thought were important. You know, no empire building, none of that. Just reach out to the veterans. Uh, in addition to the that was my highlight. When we, when we handed that guy the key to that house, it was, yeah, this is going to work. We're going to make this whole thing work. Mm -hmm. uh, we've assisted with six high tunnels, construction of six high tunnels, uh, spread out all over the state. Uh, we've reached out into the community. We've done a couple of community projects that had no relations to veterans. Mm -hmm. uh, as an example, we built a handicap ramp for the Jackson Community Center, uh, again, with the same small group of volunteers that spent 85 days right straight out building Gene's house. Uh, and the phone rings all the time. It's just, you know, it could be, gee, we've got a guy that needs a little bit of wood for the winter. Can you help us out? Uh, it's given me <laughs> it's given me a reason to get out of bed every morning. Mm -hmm. You know, I, <laughs> I'm retired, but I never stop. Yep. And everything we do, we do on our own time and our own dime. We don't ask for anything from the, from the people we help. It's just a good time mm -hmm. you know we we create an atmosphere having veterans involved in that kind of thing is great because you you create an atmosphere that you just can't match on the civilian side mm -hmm. uh, as an example building Gene's house we had everybody but the Coast Guard there we had Army Navy Marines Air Force and that back and forth between these people is what actually creates uh, a bond that, that most people that haven't been in the military don't understand you know, myself, I, I was drafted in 1968. I was given the opportunity to add a couple of years to that and, and enter military intelligence. I did it. Uh, you know, 22 years later, I retired. Fortunately for me, I had the same wife. You know, she stood by my side for 22 years, put up with the deployments and having to be totally independent, not knowing where I was for days, weeks, and sometimes months at a time. And, uh, it, it, being from it, people don't understand being from that Vietnam era. Uh, we weren't the most popular people in the world for a long time. I put I put it all behind me when I retired in 1990, and in 2000, I mean, yeah, 2011, I made my first trip to Arlington. Mm -hmm. uh, after that trip, I decided that number one, I was going to do it every year if I could, and I made four more trips with my wife. She, she made the trips with me. And that's when I decided when I retired, finally, uh, I, I had to get involved. Mm -hmm. I've done uh, the uh, five trips to Arlington. I, I've worked with the troop gritties in Bangor. I belong to the Patriot Guard. We do military funerals and escorts and stuff. And UFEM for the last two years. <coughs> Excuse me. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately health issues took over I had to drop all of my activities other than UFEM mm -hmm. and that for me that's it you know that's what I do yeah uh, if there's a veteran out there anywhere you know farming or just needs help you know as an example right now we're we're helping a Vietnam vet replace the windows in his house he can't do it on his own he's 75 years old mm -hmm. uh, so we've been you know, working with him over in Jackson uh, and we've got that project about completed we recently built an 8x8 shed for a World War II veteran in Searsport. Uh, 
And we're going to, you know, those little projects mean a lot to us. And again, for most of us, it's, it's, it's that bond with the veteran that's hammering nails next to us that, that really counts. Yeah. I'm, I'm the young guy in a lot of these projects, <laughs> believe it or not. You know, you know, I'm the guy climbing up and down the scaffolding. Although we had Martin Vogel up on the roof, you know, nailing down plywood when we mm-hmm. built Gene's house, and he's 75 years old. Okay. So, but, you know, that's... That, that's my total focus right now. If there's any, again, if there's any veteran out there that needs help, whether they're a farmer or, it doesn't matter. We don't mm-hmm. care. You know, if we can help, we'll help. Okay. Great. Thanks for all the information. Um, and then I'll come around on the right side uh, to Sheila Foley. And Sheila, if you could just give a little information about yourself um, and maybe a little bit about the, the farming that you're doing in Poland. Yes. Um, so my husband and I have a small farm in Poland, Maine, um, called Atwood Farm, um, named after the guy that originally cleared the land 200 years ago. It started off back in 2011 as a hobby farm, um, and with our dream of it to eventually be a working farm, but both of us working full-time um, in the medical field, it was challenging along with both of us are actually in the military I've been in for 22 years um, both active in National Guard and he's in the reserves Um, but we wanted to eventually have our retirement be full-time farming and this all came actually um, much faster than we thought once we became involved in these organizations Um, in particular United Farmer Veterans of Maine, which I was a member of for the past few years, but back in the spring um, took over as treasurer. And so that's my involvement there. Um, And what I, being in the Guard still, it gives me an opportunity to promote to um, veterans that are are actually um, serving members, um, giving them the opportunity to discuss um, the programs and the resources that are out there for them to um, grow their farms and also, like us, turn their hobby farm into um, an actual working farm. And um, and I love it. And both of us, my husband and I, even though we're still working in the medical field, are so much happier seeing our farm dream come um, into fruition. And it's honestly because of the guidance of the people sitting here at this table and the other people that are involved in the organizations or other just veteran farms out there that um, we've learned so many lessons from and we've just had so much support from. So my job right now is mostly to try and be the cheerleader for all the other farms um, and try and help them take advantage of the resources that I've been um, had the opportunity to take advantage of. Mm-hmm. So. Great. Well, thanks again to everyone to, uh, for being here for today's show. And <clears throat> I think I wanted to come excuse me, come back around to a piece uh, when we were chatting just before the start of the show. And I think, Dick, in your intro piece, you had mentioned that farming and fishing and forestry is going to be attractive kind of occupations to veteran farmers. And we were talking a bit about what are those skills that might translate easily from military service into uh, agriculture. And I think we can talk farming, fishing, forestry as, as well. Yeah, because when you join the military or in a branch of the service, um, you're, you're not learning about agriculture, but you're learning lots of good skills that are very applicable to uh, work and mm-hmm. to um, and to to a, a, a vocation like farming or fishing or logging. Because um, 
the, the things you learn in the military, um, you um, apply. Mm-hmm. Um, so whether it's um, the, the stick to it is your attitude, um, your work ethic, um, your organization, your self-discipline, all those kind of things just roll right into very, I think, and very easily into, um, you know, being your own um, uh, business owner mm-hmm. and um, and uh, worker or employee. You know, uh, some veterans may not have the capacity to, to own a farm themselves, but they make excellent workers mm-hmm. uh, on farms because of their discipline and mm-hmm. because of their um, attitude. So I think the others could probably share some other th- skills that they picked up um, in the military uh, that really apply to farming and, and yeah. uh, food production. I think I'd look across to Anne. Oh, for you is, and Tim. I'm all about it. This, <laughs> this, I have a list like a mile long of things, you know, mission-oriented, resourcefulness, adaptability, flexibility, you know, um, resiliency, right? So let's let's be honest about this. Farming is not easy. And I, and I got to say, when we came into it, um, even though intellectually you know how hard farming is and how much it re- it's going to require of you, I don't think you viscerally really understand that until you've been really doing it for a while. And so I, I frankly have, um, as I've gotten more into farming and as we've, you know, been met with more setbacks and, and failures, frankly, and you know, talking to veterans and going, hey, this is a great thing to get into. You know, you can take all those great skills that you just learned in the military and apply them to growing food for your community. And, you know, every veteran, I, I talk about this quite a bit, every veteran at one point in their life said yes to the to their country, right? We all said yes to serving our country. And then when you leave the military, finding a purpose and finding your next yes is really the biggest thing that I think we around this table are trying to, to do. And, and that yes may be in agriculture, it may not be. Um, so I, I just want, you know, veterans, especially when they come into it, never having any gardening or farming experience behind them. You know, they don't have haven't had the luxury of being apprentices for 10, 15 years because they were serving their country for that time. So when you come out of the military at whatever age, certainly something closer to 30 than closer to 20. Mm-hmm. And some of us, you know, 50s <laughs> as we're trying this um, YouTube and, and Johnny Seed's, you know, catalog videos, and all those yeah. videos are only going to get you so far. So tapping into the resources is quite, is, is huge. And that's where that, that confidence kind of comes from that the military folks can reach out and go, I don't know the answer to this. And I need to have the confidence to go and ask somebody because that takes some courage is going out and asking mm-hmm. other people what you don't know. And you feel like you've had a entirely successful military career where you did know your job, you were technically proficient, but then you go into a completely different industry and are trying to find that. But but for us, for Tim and I, I think adaptability has been our biggest thing because, like I said, we, we've come up several times against things that we thought we were going to be able to do. And we've just realized either our land doesn't support it or frankly, you know, we don't want to put that much work into it. And that's okay, you know, and we have to be able to look at ourselves and go, are you being lazy? Am I being lazy? We're not really being lazy. We're just trying to be smart about this. And that's my husband always says is like, just be smart about it. So I'm trying to be smart and we have to adapt and just overcome. You know, that's a big thing in the Marine Corps is adapt and overcome. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that's what we're doing with our, you know, trying to take that lesson and and apply that to our our farm. Mm -hmm. Okay. Sheila, did you have any well, additions? And to kind of piggyback on what you were just saying, um, part of the reason why when we made the switch from this is our hobby and these are just, you know, um, things that we're trying out on ourselves to others, I 
took all the advice that people gave me and advice that po- people probably didn't even realize that they were giving, like, honestly, um, our our kitchen is a licensed home kitchen right now. And I probably went to push so hard and so fast for that had Anne at one point not said, you know what, we grow a wonderful garden, but it's it, it, we have to do value added. And I went home to my husband and I'm like, we have to do value added. <laughs> And it was right so that when we did open up our business, it, she was absolutely spot on. It's value added or um, and not for everybody, but we were able to do something value added um, with making our specialty salsas. And um, and it's those little pieces of advice that people in the military always want to share because nobody in the military wants to see their battle buddy fail. Right. And um, when you can give them some advice um, on what what works and what doesn't work, and nobody's out like holding secrets, maybe their secret recipe, but like <laughs> not secrets on you know their failures because none of us are ashamed to say this does not work or like if you're going to go this route, let me help you um, avoid these obstacles. I just think that the veterans um, you know are 100% there to help back each other up and just like you the motto is you know giving a hand out not our hand up up, (laughs) not a hand out Mm -hmm. so yeah well the camaraderie is pretty seems pretty strong to me not being a veteran myself but i'll say after hosting this radio show for almost six years this was the first show where i had to turn down guests that wanted to participate (laughs) because we just don't have any more room uh here in the show so that's pretty evident to me, just coming a bit from the outside. Bob, and, did you want to? And if I can add look just a little bit to both, you know, what Ann and, and Sheila had to say, one of one of my biggest challenges has actually been convincing some of the beginning farmers that they actually need a little help. Mm-hmm. They're reluctant yeah. to, you know, reach out and say, hey, look, I got a high tunnel I got to put up. It's been sitting on the ground for six months. I need to get it done. And it's like, yeah, great, we can do that. You know, we, you know, as an example, we went down to uh, Poland, down to Gathering Winds. They had everything pretty much prepared for us. Uh, Frank and I loaded up the old Suburban and dragged the trailer down with the staging and stuff. In four hours, we had that tied together. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the last thing to do was put the plastic in the ends on. Mm-hmm. And, and And hopefully... They reach out to other farmers that might need a little. They don't have to be part of our organization. We might bring them in, you mm-hmm. know, eventually. But, you know, I don't mind driving down to Poland or, or uh, Alna, mm-hmm. you know. I'll, I'll take a day, two days, whatever it takes. We'll, we'll do it and help that farmer get that infrastructure that they need to be successful and have a really good time doing it. Yeah. I think one of the, the things that's been interesting to, to watch you know, it, within the organization, outside of organizations, is that veterans um, who tend to go and draw, are drawn into agriculture do it because they don't really want to be around a lot of other people. And they see agriculture as an opportunity to work with animals and vegetables that don't talk back to you and don't ask anything of you except for love and nurturing. Yep. And so I, I think what when Bob and their organ and the United Farmer Veterans of Maine is able to actually 
grab on and connect with some of those veterans that typically would be really reluctant to get into a social environment, it's been very successful. The challenge is just getting them to take that first step. Not all, not all of them, but I, but I have found that there are several that are very reluctant to get involved in any organization. They just want to be left alone, yeah. whether because they're you know dealing with with issues, frankly, mm-hmm. and. Um, you know, I, I think having a, a veteran organization that speaks veteran, that can understand it, and that can leave you alone if you want to be left alone or bring you in as much as you want to be brought in, and there's a lot of flexibility and, and scaling in there. Mm-hmm. You know, and again, I, when I retired from the military in 1990, I, I understand exactly what she's saying because that was, I was that person. Mm-hmm. Uh, I chose to go over the road in a truck because I didn't want anybody looking over my shoulder I didn't want to have to deal with, with other people. I just wanted someone to say, this is what you need to accomplish. This is your time frame to accomplish it. Just go out and do it and leave us alone. Mm-hmm. I did that for 25 years. Uh, and, and again, fortunately for me, I had the support at home. You know, it, it, you can't always find that, that perfect wife that will be totally independent five, six, sometimes seven days a week while you're gone. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, everything I've been able to accomplish is is a result of one person, and that's my wife. Okay. Uh, one of the nice I hope things. She's that, listening. Yeah. She knows it. One of the nice things about Maine is you know we're we're a fairly big state when it comes to geography, but uh, a very small state when it comes to um, um, agencies and resources. Although we get a lot of them, and so uh, one nice thing about Maine is the re, the resource people work together, mm-hmm. uh, whether it's MOFCA. Cooperative Extension, USDA, Department of Agriculture, Conservation, Forestry. I mean, this uh, the Beginning Farmer Resource Network is a great place to start for yeah, anybody looking for sort of like the information you need. What do I need mm-hmm. to get started in this? Um, and the, what they call the BFRN or the Beginning Farmer Resource Network is a really good start. Okay. All right. Well, let's just take a minute to remind listeners that this is Common Ground Radio. And today we're talking about uh, military veteran farmers in Maine and resources and programs available to help assist them, um, assist each other and assist local communities, pretty obviously. And we'll look to open up the phone lines here in the next minute or so to welcome any comments or questions you may have for our guests here today. And that studio phone number is 469-0500. I think... One thing I wanted to ask is, uh, we had mentioned a little bit previously, is how do you how do you find veterans, or how do you find or identify veterans that might be in need of assistance? Is that some of the work that the different organizations do, or is there? I can't imagine is there a, a list that you that, go searching, or people would come into you, or it's a it's a one on one thing. Yep. you know, it's it's as an example i mentioned that you know small storage shed we built for the world war ii veteran that was just part of a conversation guy said you know and this this guy in Sirsport's kind of struggling he needs a place to store all of those summer things for the winter time mm-hmm. you know anybody that can help so yeah. Like, yeah where is he so you know they gave us an address we loaded up the tool trailer dave gordon and i milled the wood at his on his property to, to you know to build that little structure and in three days we accomplish what the old guy had been trying to do for six months Mm -hmm. and and that's you know the more we can network the more people we can help so a good amount of word of mouth in terms of pretty much a lot of a lot of military veterans do congregate whether it's the american legion or veterans of foreign wars or um maybe the va centers but many of them don't they Mm -hmm. don't have that connection and don't want that connection so sometimes it is hard to identify 
who out there is a military veteran that might be interested or might need some help that because mm-hmm. they usually don't say hey I need help I mean yeah. it, it's really a difficult I mean as an independent person that's lived their whole life uh, you know as a as a ind- individual sometimes it's hard saying hey I, I, I could use some help here I need some information or I need some direction mm-hmm. but um, I would really encourage your listeners don't be afraid to ask for um, if you want some advice or some information I mean it's, it's free Mm-hmm. So you're not going to pay anything that way. But you want to you want to make those connections. Okay. And with another veteran, it's a nice way to start. Yeah. Because they understand your uh, situation, mm-hmm. likely, um, and they can give some good advice. Okay. Yeah, it's an anything or everything approach. Shows like this, thank you for letting us come out and speak because you might sure. there might be some veteran going, oh, I never even heard of those organizations before. So it's a, a great opportunity for us to to get out this to talk like this. Um, Mm-hmm. Yeah, word of mouth, yeah. newspaper. I mean, seriously, it's been it's been hard. I I gotta say, it's been hard for me to be able to reach out and do veterans outside of the United Farmer Veterans work that they've done already, and they've got a nice you know grouping of folks that have identified self identified. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's a spouse or family member, maybe it's their mm-hmm. mom or dad or brother or sister saying, "Hey, you ought to call." Well, yeah. They they know the veteran yeah. that could really benefit from something like this. So you know, and that, I think, and that can leads. I, can I hold on a sec for Bob? I think, do we have a, a person? Okay, sorry, we do have a caller on the line. If you could go ahead with your, your name and your comment and question for the show today. My name is Trent. I'm from Trenton, Maine. That's my hometown. That's not where I'm living at right now. Um, what happened to me, very fortunate. I met a lady this, this spring, being homeless. Now I live in this beautiful camp, this beautiful little camp, I don't pay a rent, and, and not just farming, but all the natural flora that has grown here. Just being out, listening, watching, and spent. I needed this, and this civilian lady just, you know, when I met her, she just, you go here, you live. Someone, she, she, she took. She opened up this place for me. Wow. I'm, I'm, She's you know, your angel. I'm, I'm very grateful. Yeah. And, and anything, anyway, you know, you reach out a hand. Mm-hmm. You're exactly right. I, 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 had, I had to call up and make a comment like that because, man, we all need it. Yeah. We're glad you're safe. Yeah. And thanks for calling yeah. in and, and sharing okay. that with us, Trent. We appreciate it. All right, peace, love, and Woodstock. <laughs> <laughs> right. <clears throat> um, well, that was a nice, a nice call in. Yeah. I think um, there's there's farmers, um, and including us, but there's farms all throughout the state too. Um, that our our goal is one day to be helping um, veterans, and it, whether that means staying on the farm or living at your own place, but coming there and being able to connect, like you were saying, you might not be able to afford getting your own farm at the time but just feeling that connection just like what he was talking about living in the nature um and and healing yourself while while being a good steward of the land um that's mm-hmm. that there's a lot of goals that we have and a lot of missions and we're a young organization that is trying to take on everything we can to to give veterans opportunities like this mm-hmm. you know and that that call really hits home mm-hmm. uh about a year and a half ago, we had a, a 
couple come to us, an older couple in Dixmont, that were simply looking for somebody to help with the everyday tasks on a, on a small farm. Uh, and then by chance, a few days later, uh, we had a, a vet that had lost his job, was transitioning to living in his pickup truck, uh, and we got those two together. Mm-hmm. He's still living on the farm. There's, there was a small one-bedroom house there, perfect for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's been there for a year and a half. He's now working for the VA, and he has no plans to go anywhere. You know, he was he was basically a day away from being homeless when we hooked him up with this older couple in Dixmont that just needed somebody to do a little bit, you know, just a few hours a week to maintain the property. Mm-hmm. And it, it, when, when you see those kind of successes, it makes all the time, energy, and hard work worthwhile. Because that could be any one of us. Yeah, mm-hmm. true. And, you know, in the, a lot of farm families, uh, I've talked to farmers and I said, would you hire a veteran if they came to you? say, oh, we'd love to hire a vet mm-hmm. uh, because they make they make great workers, but they're also they're so dependable mm-hmm. uh, and they would love to hire veterans. Um, so if, if if there are people out there looking for work that um, or need a place to live, a lot of farm families have have extra bedrooms have or an extra space. house or a cottage yeah. or something. But uh, farm families in Maine are very generous and very yeah. welcoming. Yeah, um, they are, and they they would uh, they would hire a vet. If mm-hmm. And there are you know with a basically a geriatric community in Maine farming, oh, there are quite a few people out there that they don't want to see that farm go away, but they can't maintain it by themselves anymore. Yeah, and if that means they have space on the property and give somebody free rent for you know ten, twelve, fourteen hours of work a week, it mm-hmm. works for everybody. Mm-hmm. So that seems, just Sheila, to come back what you had mentioned about, um, and I think, Ann, maybe you had mentioned something in our discussions before the show, but farmers creating farm, veteran farmers creating farms as places where um, maybe it's not really an apprenticeship, so to speak, but um, a recent vet can come on and, and start to learn some of those skills or help transition out of that military service. Does there seem to be maybe a growing community there or growing opportunities um, as time I'll, I'll take that one. That was actually, when, when Tim and I came to Maine, that was one of our goals is to build a, far, a veteran to farmer transition program. So mm-hmm. uh, the VA, uh, the government has been very generous to, um, to our uh, exiting service members. I always like to say that the um, military is the only organization that trains you to leave. Um, so they provide, I mean, I went through a a two week entrepreneurial school essentially, you know, while I was still on active duty right before I retired, um, there's tracks for education, there's tracks for job place or, you know, writing your resume and, and, and learning how to, to get a job when you get out of the military. Um, so when we got, when we came here, the, the government will actually pay for a veteran through the GI bill to, um, work in any industry and there there are certain um, requirements that have to be fulfilled for that and one of them in the agricultural world is that we have to have a a a defined training curriculum so just like you're going to a college you have to have a course Mm -hmm. catalog et cetera et cetera so that's one of the things that we're trying to work on now and we're actually um, because for us having you know homes on our property is just not in the cards right now, I mean, you know, several hundred thousand dollars to, to build um, some even small places for veterans to come live. Uh, but the VA hospital in Togus has partnered with us through uh, Maine Agribility to develop that curriculum and to start training, have classes there 
at the um, hospital in Togus. They have 48 raised beds that they're going to offer up to mm-hmm. allow veterans to come in, take our classes, go through the curriculum. And then, so we're actually going to start classes in November. And then by the springtime, you know, we'll be planting and growing. And then everything from soil health to building a, a, a business plan and marketing your products and selling them. Um, so that is getting ready to get started. It's a great question. Yeah. And there's all these kinds of things that are happening around the country, frankly. We're not the only one. We're not, we're not making this up. Um, so there's lots of opportunities and lots of people, but you just got to get some of those little pieces of the puzzle have to get put in place. And yeah. first of them is is getting it certified by the state that the VA will actually pay the tuition for that veteran. So no cost to the veteran. The veteran actually gets a, a housing allowance on top of it. So it's a, mm-hmm. a pretty generous program, and we just want to make sure that everybody can take advantage of it and that there are farms where they can go to do this. So mm-hmm. if anybody out there wants to offer up their farm and help develop a curriculum, we're all about it. We can we can get that going. One thing we were around that curriculum development, you know, Extension, over the last three or four years, Extension has put together several farmer skill and knowledge lists for specific types of farmers, whether it's a fruit tree fruit grower or a, a goat production or swine or, or cattle. Uh, so we've got probably close to 20 skill and knowledge lists out there for people, and they're free, available online, mm-hmm. um, just to say, if you're going to be a poultry grower, what do you need to know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it's just bit by bit. So it might look like a, a really expansive list, but you just take one piece at a time. Mm-hmm. And I think military people are used to that. It's one step at a time, yeah, accomplish the goal, get, yeah. to the, get to your mark. Yeah, how do you eat the elephant? One bite at a time, right? <laughs> <laughs> so... Um, and these programs like this are happening all over the country, yep. is what you yep. mentioned. Yep. And my other thought, just thinking about um, the time, is it have these programs existed for a long time, or are they rel- are they recently new in recent decades? I mean, were there I feel programs? GI Bill's the been Vietnam? around for a long time. Um, that's how I went from the Navy. I went back to school and got my degrees, but. It's a different type of GI Bill now, so it's, it's a, a lot po- more. It's a post nine yeah. eleven GI Bill, yeah. so you can transit you can transfer it to your dependents as well. Um, but but in terms of the far- the veteran to farmer transition programs, I would say those started popping up on at least on my radar, um, probably about 2015, 26, mm-hmm. about the time that I was yeah. getting ready to retire. And when we USDA started getting has really this put idea. a lot of emphasis on that, and even the new farm bill has a lot more mm-hmm. uh, services for. Yeah veterans who want to be farmers or farm workers. Mm-hmm. And um, I've, I have to say that it's almost overwhelming when you look and at the different resources that are available um, because there's so many classes. Um, and just in the state of Maine here, um, I'm taking classes, two classes this month with the University of Maine. Um, I'm taking one with Mafka in November, and I'm um, doing the agribility um, at the end of the month. Um, there's so there's Mafka, there's a university, there's um, there's stuff within the United Farmer Veterans where you're actually doing farm tours, and I can say that like that was probably one of the biggest, um, the best resources that I had because you actually go and you tour a veteran farm, and then they bring in subject matter experts from USDA, um, from mm-hmm. the Extension. I mean, it like so much so that how you can it's like basically doing this huge entire Google search, but they just bring it to you, and then they give you all this packet of information, and um, and then you get to talk with other people on how, how did you get that grant and stuff like that. So Maine has so much stuff to offer. Um, 
So again, just finding one class, um, and if it's a veteran class in particular, like the one coming up at the end of the month, that when you go to one that's more veteran specific, you're going to find out all of these resources kind of at once, and then you can kind of go into each avenue as you need. Mm-hmm. So. And there are there are tremendous resources out there. Yeah, uh, you know, as an example, Sea Lion Farm in Alna, you know, he's he got into the grant process for a high tunnel originally with NRCS, and now he's going to have an access road to the pond. He's going to have irrigation from the pond to the to the high tunnel, and they've already scheduled him for three more high tunnels. So in a matter of five years, he's basically going to build his farm. Mm-hmm. you know, through NRCS grants. It, it's it's a great opportunity for people. All you have to do is fill out the paperwork, and once you're in that system, mm-hmm. it's really easy to continue. Mm-hmm. Okay. But you got to know what you're doing, too. You, you absolutely. You, you can absolutely. fail pretty fast if you're not if yeah, you're not sure what you're doing. Yep. So. <clears throat> okay. Well, let me just remind listeners, this is Common Ground Radio, and we're talking about uh, military veteran farmers in Maine. And I wanted to ask... Um, as we're getting into maybe the last 15 minutes of the show, some of the programs that are coming up and opportunities. Um, and, and you had mentioned the raised beds that are going on at Togus. Is there a specific name for that program? Yeah, we're or? calling that Boots to Bushels. Okay. So combat boots to vegetable bushels. Get it? Okay. Yeah. I and then I also know that towards the end of this month, there is a symposium coming up. Yes, that we thank you. To... And, and Sheila alluded to that. That's called uh, Educate to Cultivate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, it is a veteran-specific business development full-day symposium. Uh, the first part of the day is veterans will have an opportunity, veteran and their, and their partner, whoever they're farming with or logging with or whatever, and they um, want to speak with a business mentor. We've got um, several business mentors from the community are coming in and dedicating their time to speak one-on-one with um, with a veteran and their partner to talk about what they want to do with their with their business and how what are the next steps, answering questions about should I form an LLC, should I not, you know, just kind of go through all those things that you need to think about when you're starting up a new business or if you're already in a business, how to take that to the next level. And then um, Mofka is offering um, a financial cash flow workshop. Actually, um, Maine Farmland Trust is going to be providing that, but with Mofka's support, Mofka will be there to do one-on-one talks. And I just want to also highlight for any veterans that are out there and interested, uh, Mofka has a, a grant, and they are offering uh, scholarships to veterans to take any of their workshops. So like the farmer to farmer conference coming up, any of their, you know, poultry processing, pig processing, how to start seedlings, any of those workshops are available to veterans with a, for, with a scholarship. So please, you know, take advantage of that while that, while the grant still exists. Mm -hmm. Um, So back to the educate to cultivate. And then um, there's going to be a resource fair, veteran specific. So Maine Bureau of Veteran Services is going to be there. We'll have some other um, additional disability type um, programs in there. Uh, and then in the afternoon, it's um, a couple of classes on different assistive technologies, because one of the things that we've found is if you're struggling with uh, depression or traumatic brain injury or post-traumatic stress, 
um, your ability to organize in, and frankly, this is true for any farmer, right? Bookkeeping is one of the biggest pains in the in the Batukas, except for a few farmer veterans who love spreadsheets, but are farmers that love spreadsheets. I am not one of those, but um, a lot of them, even if, and if you have a, a significant um, brain trauma, that it's even more difficult. Mm-hmm. So we have some assistive technologies in there to, to work through those things, um, to address mental fatigue and physical fatigue, and that's you know really where agribility um, makes their money. That's, that's their big thing there. So that, oh, and then we've got door prizes and gift bags. Mofka has offered free family memberships to all veterans who attend this symposium. So you do not want to miss that. We've got a steel trimmer that's been donated. Johnny's has donated a huge tub full of seeds and gardening tools. So, um, and then all the other veterans will be there. So it's a, it's great opportunity to network, to find some things out in a very safe place where we all know each other's histories even if we don't know each other i know what you went through if you were in the navy or you were in the army Mm -hmm. or the air force and i can make fun of all of you um (laughs) but you know it's just and you can make fun of me and that's what happens with and this this uh, educate and cultivate is planned for saturday october 26th thank you in augusta at the armory okay so pretty easy to get to from anywhere in the state yep Registration is um, it, it, your registration fees of twenty dollars includes a locally sourced lunch and, and all those other things are included. So, okay. but if that and if that uh, registration fee is a barrier, mm-hmm. there's opportunities that come anyway. Mm-hmm. So, um, educate to cultivate. If you just yep. Google that, um, I main think agribility, main it's agribility, on the main agribility site. It's on the main agribility site. It is, yeah. Okay. And agribility is um, think of ability. Mm-hmm. It's A G R A B I L. I-T-Y. Mm-hmm. So, agribility. Okay. All right. Well, we'll mention that one more time before we get, get towards the end, just to make sure people have the Educate to Cultivate Symposium coming up uh, October 26th. One thing, um, about, um, yes. yeah, one thing about Maine is it's, it's uh, you know, we've got a high proportion of veterans per capita. Um, and Maine is an attractive state for a lot of veterans to come. And I, before we started the show today, I asked, you know, um, what, why that was, but both Bob and and um, Anne replied. If well, you've retired, you don't. Your um, retirement pay is not taxed at the state level. In Maine. In Maine. In the state of Maine. Right. That's huge. Mm-hmm. Right. That's, that's a. That's recent, though. I mean, that wasn't always. It was the it, within case. the last two six, two years, I believe. Two thousand sixteen. Yeah. It started. Yep. Uh, you know, and others of us, I came here because of family ties. Mm-hmm. I, re- I I hate to say this, but originally I was from Massachusetts. Me too. <laughs> but, well, Maine was part of Massachusetts. Yeah, it was 200 yeah. years ago. But, you know, my wife had family here, and we just naturally migrated up here when I retired. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't go anywhere else. Yeah. You know, yeah. Maine is, there's so much opportunity here for somebody that wants to actually put forth the effort. Plus, it's beautiful. Yeah. You know, I've, I've been fortunate. I've, I've spent time mountaineering in the Bavarian Alps. I've done whitewater rafting in, in Austria. Uh but the very best seven days I ever spent was on the Allagash River. You know, that was just <laughs> okay. absolutely incredible. That's yeah. me. We go. do have another caller that's on the line. If uh, the caller, if you could go ahead with, give us your name and your comment or question, please. Yeah, my name is Frank, and I live in Lemoyne, Maine, and I'm a member of Veterans for Peace, which which started here in Maine in 1985 and it has 130 chapters around the, the country. And and we table at the Common Ground Fair, the veterans, the peace folks. And we work on the root cause. Now, 
I shouldn't say the root cause. I don't have a prepared statement. This is all coming from the gut. Mm-hmm. So we, we, we're trying to eliminate all these, in a, in a roundabout way, the need for a lot of this stuff in the first place. If people, Johnny didn't go march in the war, he would have come home all damaged. That's one of the emphasis for Veterans for Peace. So the next time you have a Veterans for Show, reach out to the other veterans groups who aren't still beating the drum. Please. There's a whole other format to get rid of the root cause of having this kind of stuff. I'm glad we have it. I'm a supporter of all these veterans groups. VFWs, all the heavy flag waving stuff, I'm still a supporter of. But the root cause of this stuff that creates this mentality of veteran stuff, and I'm a veteran, okay? Not a combat veteran, but a veteran. It's just have some vet for peace guys there next time to beat a different drum to get rid of the need for this kind of stuff. That's the thing to work on, not begging our corrupt government for money for people who get damaged for rich people. Not one person in that room has any, you know, that I can tell. Ask me, ask them why they went over there or wherever they went and came back. Okay, I'm rambling on, pardon me. Thanks for the show. Okay, thank, thank you for your perspective, Frank. Appreciate your call. Um, So in terms of other programs, which I just had a couple things I wanted to ask before we get towards the end, um, in some of the research, there are some other programs I've seen. I'm not sure if it's a program, but Homegrown by Heroes is another veteran program. Is that more of? It is kind of a, a labeling. So there's there's a couple of different labels out there that uh, veterans can use to put on their products. So okay. Homegrown by, by Veterans is one of them, and that's actually run by the University of Kentucky. If I'm not wrong, don't, mm-hmm. don't quote me on that. And then um, there's one that's in Maine. It's called uh, Maine Grown by Vets. And through the United Farmer Veterans, you can okay. apply to, um, you know, get s- stickers. It's just a, a way of um, identifying ourselves as, as veterans who are working towards, you know, growing for our communities. Mm-hmm. We, okay. we found with the Maine Grown by Vets, we found that having that extra little kicker on your product actually makes a big difference. Mm-hmm. You know, people, people want to support local you know, especially in agriculture, you want to support locally grown stuff, and they and when you when you put that veteran label on it as well, that helps. Mm-hmm. What we've done with the Maine Grown by Vets program is instead of us produce, you know, having all of that stuff manufactured, we simply any member can take that. You know, we'll, we'll give you the PDF. You can take that mm-hmm. and do whatever you want with it to label your products. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just one more thing that might make yours at a farmer's market might make you know, your product a little more enticing than someone else's. Make it stand out among, yeah, it makes among it other similar. similar products. And along with that, uh, we've got an agreement with uh, Get Real, Get Maine. You know, they can use that label as well if mm-hmm. they're part of our organization. Okay. Okay. I wasn't sure if those were programs or were more labeling, labeling yeah. and, I, and identifiers. Okay. Um, one thing I wanted to just ask from maybe kind of like a – personal perspective or some of the work that I do with MOFCA is um, if, so if some of a service provider is out on a farm and can recognize someone in need of some production help or whatever, um, it seems like if that person is a veteran farmer, that maybe they would reach out or connect better with another veteran rather than a service provider. Is that somewhat of a safe assumption to, to no, make? No, that is, that is. 
just that connection piece would be yep. a little bit stronger because I think we all can be reluctant to ask for help at certain times. Yep. Um, so if those situations were to arise, uh, the connections would be going through your organization, Bob, or looking to main agribility as well and connections with military veterans Absolutely. there. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, we, we all, you know, we all talk to each other, work together. Uh, yep. There's no prohibition who talks to who and what organizations we get involved with. Uh, and it's it's made a big difference for our membership. Okay. Okay. And you're, um, I want to get the acronym right, UFVM, United Farmer Veterans of Maine. Yes. Is a membership organization in terms of being able to kind of put the call out, someone needs help building the right, right. the shed and, in whatever uh, town. Yeah, and it, it's, again, that's, We've relied on that networking for everything we've done. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we don't we don't have the anymore anyway. We don't have the funds to do a lot of advertising or, or you know reach out mm-hmm. other than through our membership, okay. which we're growing a little bit at a time now that you know we've we've restructured, reorganized, and. Mm-hmm. But Bob, re- I just want to make clear that you have helped people that are not part of the organization. Oh, absolutely. As well. yeah. yeah, no, so we don't. don't have yeah. To be a yeah, that's the impression yeah, that there, I got. There is, yeah, there's, there's no requirement to be part of the organization. We've been fortunate. We brought some of the older people back in, mm-hmm. you know, through our efforts. Mm-hmm. Uh, but no, that's, that's definitely not a requirement. Okay. This is a great time of year too. To if you're interested in farming or getting farm work, this is a great time of year to start that process because sometimes it takes a while, especially if you're going to farm to plan plan things out and figure out for next year what am i going to grow what am i going to raise yeah how how much can i grow who am i going to sell to is probably the most important that's part the biggest thing. you know it's just all that stuff has to be we don't we don't want you to get out there and figure we don't want anybody to fail yeah and definitely. sometimes rushing it you fail because mm-hmm. um, you're not don't have all the information you need to make the, the wise decisions and that so. that relationship between the small farms is important you know mm-hmm. whether they're veteran farms or not i mean sheila can tell you you know uh you know, she'll go to Stacy and say, well, you know, I want to do this, or you're going to do this. Should we both do it? Or mm-hmm. maybe I'll I'll concentrate on, on the value-added, and you sell your apples, you know, mm-hmm. basically. Yeah. And yeah. It, it just helps them be successful. You know, nobody wants to put a whole load of produce in the ground at the end of the year. They want to sell it. Yeah, definitely. I, I understand that one, for sure. <laughs> Um, well, we are getting into about the last couple minutes of the show, so I wanted to make sure that uh, some of the resources we mentioned, we can kind of touch base back on those quickly. Um, so we had mentioned the Beginning Farmer Resource Network as kind of an umbrella group or organization. Lots of agencies belong to that. Dozens of so, groups yeah. there. And I think a quick search online was going to give us a quick link to, to that. I've, I've been to that page before as well as the main agribility program for any assistance in there. Um, then there's a national agribility program, too. Not every state has agribility. So yes. here in Maine, we've, we've had it for this is our ninth year, uh, just completing our ninth year. And so we're really grateful um, that we've had, been able to do this. But mm-hmm. there's a national agribility program, too. And if you went to just agribility.org, mm-hmm. um, you'd find there's a special uh, even video. I think it's a 20-minute video sort of designed for veterans. It's called The Next Mission. Okay. And it really uh, it, it interviews, I think, three or four different veterans around the country. But it really gives a nice snapshot of what they've done, mm-hmm. what they faced, and how they overcame how they that overcame. to be um, farmers. So. And that's a great resource for all of our listeners outside the great state of Maine mm-hmm. as well. 
um, our far reach. And then on October 26th at the Augusta Armory is the Educate to Cultivate Symposium that's coming up. Yeah, please register. Yeah. And information can be found relatively easy online for that. So, um, well, we are, I think, down to the, to the last minute here. So I just want to go around the table and, and thank my guests for being here. So Dick Brzezowski from the University of Maine Cooperative Extension, but project director for the Maine Agribility Program. Thanks for being here. Thank you. And Bob Souza, who is uh, vice president of the United Farmer Veterans of Maine. And thanks for coming today, Bob. Again, thanks for the opportunity. Sharing the information about the work that you folks are doing in your organization. And Ann Devin um, from Chase Stream Farm in Monroe, but also works with the Maine Agribility Program, focused on veteran issues specifically. Veteran outreach, yes, thanks. Okay, veteran outreach. And Sheila Foley, um, do you have a farm name in At, Poland? Atwood Farm. Atwood Farm. Yes. Atwood Farm down in Poland, but you're also the treasurer for, treasurer for the UFBM. Yes. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. Thank you so much. All right. Great. Well, I really want to thank everyone for being here. Thank you for your service to our country and continued service to our communities. Support for WERU comes from our listeners and from Blue Hill Community.